what we want to do this morning is look at a message entitled, Stay Alert to Spiritual Drowsiness. Do you understand the word drowsy? You know what drowsy means? Do you, do you ever get drowsy? You know, it's, it's what happens sometimes when you're maybe sitting or, uh, you know, you're at work, you're at home, you're at school, wherever you might be, and, and then for some reason right after lunch, maybe around 1 o'clock or so, 2 o'clock, you start kind of, you know, just... Your head kind of bobbles and, and maybe go this way or, or maybe kind of goes that way and you catch your eyes closed and you, you perk up and, and so you probably know what drowsy is, don't you? I tried to think back on some times in school, especially uh, when I was in school, high school, say, in elementary school, I think about after lunch. You know, right after lunch, you've had a good morning of, of studying a lot of things and then you go to lunch and now uh, you'd rather be anywhere but in math class after lunch or English or something like that. And so you can get drowsy, and children and young adults, uh, teenagers do that. And, uh, but my real memory that came back, I don't know how it did, but in college, when I was in college, probably about the second year, I had an economics class at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And on t- if you took classes on Tuesday, Thursday at Tech, they were an hour and 50 minutes long, 1 o'clock to 2.50. And so there you are in that economics class, in my case, with that professor and Talk about getting drowsy. I don't know how I made it through, but you know, you'd be sitting there and the professor's just talking. It was a lecture, hundred uh, for an hour and fifty minutes. No discussion, no questions, a total lecture. And boy, you're sitting there trying to get notes, and and you're just wondering what you're doing, and you know, you want to get, you, you try to do something, to stay awake, and you get drowsy. Uh, but then I became a teacher, and so I had to make sure, especially at one o'clock in the afternoon after lunch. And of all things, I remember the years I'd have American history, you know, right after lunch. And there we were with all these students in high school uh, trying to learn about all the things about American history. And so I always try to make it exciting, and I tried to add things to it, especially at that time of the day. And I remember things like getting up on the desk, and, you know, I'd have binoculars, and we're looking for the enemy that's coming, or, you know, things like that, just trying to do something to keep everybody awake, keep them excited, keep them intermingle there and ask questions and make discussion and so try to always do what I could to keep things going and keep it alive and keep it from being drowsy and so maybe you know about drowsy too at work or even maybe possibly in church okay I had a hand over here so I'm going to watch him this morning and uh, it, it's kind of like the the preacher that was saying telling the story one time he said he's preaching along and so he noticed a man kind of getting drowsy and, and eyes kind of drooping and he kind of do that with his head when he noticed that he'd hit the pulpit real loud and he'd try to you know get him alert and then then sometimes he would notice him him really bumping off you know and getting drowsy so he'd maybe say something real loud you know just real shocking try to wake him up well finally he noticed he actually went to sleep and started snoring and he told the wife he said would you wake your husband up and she said you put him to sleep you wake him up <laughs> so I don't know we'll see how that goes today with Douglas and uh I'll ask Sherry to wake him up and if she says when you put him to sleep you wake him up I'll, I'll go wake him up so <laughs> we'll see how that goes but uh water bottle yeah there you go a little water gun Okay, that's right. Water, maybe need a water cannon for some in the back. 
uh, anyway, what we need to do, we can think about drowsiness at work, at school, church, wherever it may be, in, in the afternoon at home, you know, however the drowsiness works for each one of us. But we want to talk about spiritual drowsiness. We can do that in our spiritual life or walk with God. We can get drowsy there. You know, we can be paying attention to God, listening to God, doing what God wants to do on a daily, daily, on a day-to-day basis and out in the world. And we're focused on God, being alert to what God wants. And then some point of our life, we just begin to get spiritually drowsy to what God wants. And we're not hearing what He's saying. We're not paying attention to what He's saying. We're not paying attention to what's going on around us and saying, Oh, God's doing this and look at that over there and, and being aware of what God's doing. And so we want to look at that a little bit this morning. So we only have one verse. You said, Boy, that's not going to take long. Well, hang on. It might. Colossians 4 2. The Bible says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. You say, well, where's spiritual drowsiness in that? Well, hang on, you'll see. Uh, let's, let's look at these words, because that's where we're going to find out about spiritual drowsiness. Uh, looking at the words here, first of all, devote yourselves. Being devoted to something, if we're devoting ourselves to something, it means we're persevering. We're, we're hanging in there. We're getting through it. We're going to do this. We're going to hang uh, tough, and, and we're going to make it through whatever it is you're going through. We're persevering because we're devoting ourselves to that, whatever that is. Could be a job, could be a task, could be something we're trying to read. Do you ever get a book started, reading a book, and then sometimes maybe a year later or two years later, you find that book still on the shelf or still on the bedside table and still got the marker in there on page 10? You know, uh, because you, you just didn't, I mean, I do that a lot. I'll get started reading a book. Uh, Douglas bought me three volumes of books recently and had them sent to my house. I got started on I mean, I was excited about it. I got started. I read three chapters in one night, and that's all I've read so far. It's been probably a month now. Got to get back to it. But devoting ourselves to something means we persevere. We're, we're constantly ready. We're constantly going to be ready for whatever it is, and we're going to keep moving. We're going to keep going. We're constantly ready to do whatever it is we're supposed to be doing because we're devoted to it. We continue something with an intense effort. I mean, we put everything we've got into it. It's intense. We're continuing it. Why? Because we're devoted to it. And so whatever that may be in life, no matter where we're going with it, school, work, home, whatever it might be, we're devoted to it. We're persevering. We're constantly ready for it. We're continuing that intense effort. Well, in our case this morning, according to the Scripture, we're to be devoted to something that is persevering, constantly ready, continuing intense effort, and that is what? To prayer. So let's make sure we understand what prayer is. Prayer is a, first of all, it's a conversation with God. Let's do this. <clears throat> let's do this this morning also. Think about somebody you love. Just, just get one person on your mind. Just put it in your mind. I love this person and try to think about just one person. Everybody got somebody? All right, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure some are ready this morning, but okay. You, you think you're thinking of somebody you love, one person. Now, let's say they live in the same home with you, and so you've been gone all day, they've been gone all day, or whatever it may be, and it's finally at the end of the day, the two people come back together, that one you love, you're back together at the end of the day, or maybe they don't live with you. Maybe it's a, a relative or a friend, and they don't live in your house, and so you haven't seen them not just all day, but you haven't seen them in a week. It's finally you get to see them at the end of the week. Or maybe they're gone two weeks, or maybe it's a month. Maybe they're separated by a lot of space out there, a lot of distance, and you can't see them at all. And it's finally you get to talk to them on the phone or something, and it's been a month. Or whatever time line you want to put in there, 
you finally get to talk to this person, whether it's a day, a week, a month, or whatever it might be, what are some things you might tell that person, tell that person that you love after you have not seen them for a day, a week, a month, or whatever timeline? What are some things you might tell them because you love them? Hi. Hi. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We start with that. Okay, she said, I, I love you and I miss you. Oh, well, I miss you too, so, yeah. Wait, we see each other right here. Okay, never mind. Oh, that's right, yeah. I love you and I miss you. <laughs> How you been? There you go. Okay. So, there you go, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so a lot of things you might tell this person because you love them, you hadn't talked to them in the day, a week, a month, whatever, or just I went to town. And so uh, you, what are some things you might ask the person? How was your day? Yeah. Or your week or your month or whatever it might have been. Yeah, how's your day? Okay. Yeah, yeah. How's your mom and them, he said. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot of questions, isn't it? Now, what about the person on the other end? Uh, they either, you're, you're doing all the talking so far, you've told them some things, you asked them some things. What might they say to you? All right. Same things back, isn't it? Do you see how that works with people? We love somebody, so we ask them all those questions. We say all those things to them because we love them. We haven't talked to them maybe since they've been to town or since it's been all day or all week, all month, whatever timeline it is. And we've got a lot of things to say. We've got a lot of things to ask and hear from them. You see how that works with God? Same thing, the conversation with God. That's why prayer is called a conversation because you're going to tell God some things. God hasn't spoken to you in five minutes, five hours, five days, whatever it might have been. God, I've got some things I want to tell you about. And we begin to tell him about whatever. But God also got some things I want to ask you. And so we begin to ask him questions. And so we we have this conversation going, but then as we said a while ago, he has he says, I got some things to tell you too. And I've got some things to ask you too. And so this goes back and forth with God in a conversation. And so do we see prayer that way, the same way God sees prayer? Because we're sitting in our home, we're sitting in our car, we're sitting in a, a office, we're sitting at school, wherever we are, and we're just talking to God, we're having a conversation with Him, but we're saying, Lord, here, oh, sometimes we leave out, well, no, we don't leave this out, we do this first. God, here's my to-do list. You know, here's some things I want you to do. i got a whole list made out here and, and over here and back here. and just I'll just leave this with you and, and I'll talk to you later. So many times we want to do Him that way. We want a one-sided conversation. Let me just tell you, God, what I want, and I've got a list here, and you just take care of this, and I'll talk to you later. God says, well, you know what? If you want to give me your list, that's good. I want your list, but i got a list too, and he wants to give us his list. And here's some things I want you to do too. And we've asked him a lot of questions about why did that happen? Why is this going on? What happened here? You know, all this. God says, i got some questions for you too. Why are you doing this? Why are you going there? What's this all about? And so it all goes both ways, you see, this conversation. And so are we doing that in prayer? And are we devoted to this conversation with God? Are we persevering in this conversation with God? Are we constantly ready to have a conversation with God? And are we continuing with an intense effort? God, I want to have a conversation with you. Stuff's going on around me. I got troubles. I mean, I, I got stuff going on. And it's just hard to find this time, but I'm going to make this time because I'm devoted to having a conversation with you, God. See how that works? 
But see, prayer is even more than that. It's called fellowship with God. It's like talking to that person a while ago. You hadn't talked to them in a day, a week, uh, a month, or since they went to town. And so now you want to talk to them and tell them some things, ask them some things. And as a result of that, you want to have fellowship with that person. Well, I'm glad to see you again. How's everything going? What's been happening? What'd you, where'd you go? What'd you do? Oh, really? Well, let me, you know, and so this thing just goes on and on. And what it's doing is creating fellowship. Same thing with us and God. It just brings us closer together. It causes fellowship between us and him because he wants to have fellowship with us. He created, created us to have fellowship with him. And so one way we do that is have a conversation with him, just like with people. But it also means that we're drawing near to God. Because we're having this conversation with God, because we're having this fellowship with God, we're getting closer to him. We're understanding more about him. We're understanding about what he wants. We understand about uh, who he is as a person. We understand more about God's ways and God's will because we're having a conversation with him and we're having fellowship with him. Same thing with people. You get to know a person through conversations, don't you? Imagine uh, trying to build a relationship with somebody, whoever that person may be that you love and, and trying to love, and, and you don't talk to them. You know, How is that going to build a relationship with them? How is it going to draw you closer to the other person because you don't know anything about them? And you're not learning anymore about them because you're not having a conversation. Same thing with us and God. If we don't have a conversation with him, if we don't have fellowship with him, we're not going to draw any closer to him because we don't know what he wants or what he's all about. But finally in prayer, it's also learning God's will. God, now that we're having a conversation, now we're getting this fellowship, closer relationship. Now that I'm drawing closer to you, Lord, I, I just know what you want. I, I'm just drawing closer to you. I, I get it now, God. I understand what you're talking about. I didn't know that earlier, but now I know it. And Lord, you're just having your way and you're just speaking to my heart and you're lifting me up and you're encouraging me and you're giving me what you want. And Lord, I just thank you for that because now I'm learning your will. God, I, I get it now. How'd that happen? I had a conversation with him. I didn't just give him my list. Say, here, take care of this, God. He gave me his list and he said, here, take care of this. And I said, I will. Because too many times we get into a prayer, Lord, here I am, uh, you know, it's about that time and I need to get moving, so I'm just going to quickly tell you what I need you to do today. And here it is, God, thank you, amen. And we get up and leave. And if God would just verbally say it, he says, wait, hold on. <laughs> Before you leave, let me talk to you a little bit. You told me what you had on your mind, let me tell you what I got on my mind. But too many times we give God our list, we give God what we want, and then we abandon it. We go on about our business and we're through. And God says, we had not had a conversation. We need to talk about some things. I need to let you know my will for your life today. But too many times we get too busy, too quick, and we're up and gone. And we leave out the other side of the conversation. Imagine having a conversation with that other person that you love in this world. And you just share all about what you want. You tell them all the things you want. And then you're done. You hang up the phone or you get off, walk out of the room or whatever it is. And the other person says, well, I got some things I want to say too. Well, I ain't got time right now. You know, how would that enhance that relationship? Same thing with God. God says, let me, let me share you some things. Let me share some things about me. So here we are in prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. Persevere in it. Constantly be ready for it. Continue with an intense effort in it. And make sure you're having a conversation with God. You're having fellowship with Him. You're drawing closer to Him. You're learning His will. 
And that's what we're to do every single day. So it's all about being in prayer, this constantly being ready to have a conversation with God. So why is prayer so important? Why not just make it something that just happens every now and then, every once in a while, uh, when we feel like it, when we want to, when we really, really need prayer? You know, why don't we just limit it, things like that? Why don't we have to do it so much? Why do we have to be devoted to it like this? And the answer is so we can be watch, watchful. He said, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful. So prayer is so important because he wants us to be watchful. So what does that mean? Being watchful means this, being mentally alert. Like we said a while ago about that drowsiness, we were just talking about school, Jackson, and sometimes we get uh, drowsy right after lunch. We're in class. You got what's right after lunch this year for you, Archer? So you got stuff you got to focus on, concentrate on. You know, and if you don't, you, you're just gonna. What? What you? Why you call? What you call on me about? What's the question? I'm sorry. Oh yeah. You know. So we mentally alert. We got to be mentally alert because something's going to happen around us. Something's going to happen to us. And if we're drowsy, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss the question. We're going to miss what's happening. Imagine getting drowsy driving. You ever done that? Boy, talk about problems happening in a hurry. I don't know what happened the other week, last week. I don't know if it was drowsiness or what happened, but I'm going along I-20 between Shooter and Ruston, and I'm in the outside lane, I guess you call it. I'm passing a big truck on those 18-wheelers. I'm going around him. Left lane. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm in the left lane passing a big 18-wheeler, and as I'm passing the 18-wheeler, I'm right next to it, and I look ahead of me, and an SUV, a little brown SUV, is running off the road into the median, coming my way. And so I want to get over, but I can't. So I put the brakes on, so I get in, at least get in behind and get away from this as far as I can. And it's coming across in the median toward us. And so I'm slowing down. I'm getting over as far as I can. I'm getting away. I mean, it's all happening just like this, you know, of course. And then it swerved back toward their lane and, and got back on the road. I don't know how they did it because he's going at least 70. I mean, it's coming across there fast, going down that median, just kind of made a little semicircle back up on I-20 and, and moved on. Was he drowsy and just kind of wasn't paying attention? Was he walking, talking on the phone? Was he texting? Was he drunk? Yeah. <laughs> you know, of course, nobody texts when you drive because that's against the law, isn't it? Oh, come on. They don't really. It's against the law. You wouldn't do that, really. So I don't know what was happening, but, but it wasn't good and it wasn't looking good, but all of a sudden it went okay. But we've got to be mentally alert all the time because there's a lot of stuff around us that can happen. It's also being watchful means of having a moral readiness, always ready to do the right thing, always prepared, being watchful, whatever's going on around us, being aware that something could happen. I need to be watching what's going on so I can be morally ready. It is, I'm going to know what God wants me to do at all times because I'm alert. I'm alert to his word, to his will, because we just had a conversation this morning, God, and I became aware of your will. So therefore, when something happens along my day, I'm morally ready to do whatever it is I need to do because we spent time in conversation this morning before I ever moved out into the world. And so now I'm morally ready because I'm watchful. It means being in tune with the times, just looking around and knowing what's going on in our world today. Are you aware of what's basically going on in our world today? Do you 
keep up with things? Are you mentally alert enough? Are you morally ready enough to see just kind of basically what's going on in the world in which we live? Because, see, I'm old-fashioned. I still get a printed newspaper delivered to the house. This Monroe Morning World, I go way back, way, way back. Uh, with Monroe Morning World, you, the new star, see how old I am. The new star it used to be called the Monroe Morning World. And that's how I still see it because it used to be the first thing you go out on the driveway and pick up at daylight. It's there, ready to go. But then modern times came along and then it wasn't there some days and some days it's wet and, and all that. So they started mailing it. Now the Monroe Morning World, the new star, which the news is ready that morning, you don't get it until you get your mail. We get the mail around 12 to 1, somewhere in there. So this is old news by the time it comes to the house. So what they do? I can get it on my iPad electronically um, through their, their web service. And that way, daylight comes. I pick that up, go in there and I look, and I can read the whole newspaper sitting there in the rocking chair on the porch at daylight. And then I can get this at noon and throw it away. <laughs> because I've already read it. But it comes in handy in the wintertime because it helps start the fire in the fireplace. So I don't know. There's got to be a way to uh, eliminate this part of it and just keep that part of it because I don't need it anymore except in the winter I will because I'm going to need something to start the fires in the fireplace. But uh, anyway, where was I? Being in tune with the times, being able to be aware of what's going on in the world in which we live, just saying, you know, looking at something in the newspaper and saying, Look what's going on over here. Simple mistakes can take kids' lives. Why is that? What's happening there? Uh, what's going on with the government? What's going on with the president? What's going on with the governor? What's going on? Why is this refinery causing accidents and chemical leaks down in South Louisiana? Why are barbecues discouraged over the holiday weekend? Oh, we have a severe burn ban. Okay. And so on and on you go. Those are just some minor things. Uh, people are afraid that there may be a government shutdown here this fall. Uh, you know, things going on, just things you're keeping up with, things you're reading about, things you're taking notice of, particularly the moral issues out there, this whole transgender thing, this whole, uh, you know, abortion thing. I, I mean, it just goes on and on, you know, where, what's this and what's that, what's going on with all these things. Yeah, yeah, that's right, sure enough. So we need to be in tune with the times. That's being watchful. Just know what's going on around us so we can be morally ready to face it. But it also means being aware of circumstances of life that affects the spread of the gospel. Ultimately, bottom line, that's why we're to be watchful. Because we need to look around and tune with the time, see what's going on. Well, is that hindering the gospel from being spread by this happening here? Is that hindering the gospel from being spread as to what's happening here? All these things that are going on, all these moral issues, all these uh, society issues, all these issues that we see and face because we're keeping up with the times, is that hindering the spread of the gospel? Oh, that's right. And so we begin to look and say, oh, it is because of what's happening here and because of what's going on. That's being watchful, you see. And so that's why prayer is so important, so we can be watchful, so we can understand there's some things happening that are hindering the spread of the gospel. So we've got to be watchful against spiritual drowsiness and be devoted to prayer because... We may be spiritually not noticing what's going on in the world in which we live, 
not noticing what God is doing, not noticing what God's will is for us, and therefore we become spiritually drowsy and we miss out on what God wants and we miss out on what he has for us and we simply miss out on what God is doing, what his will is, unless we're devoted to prayer and become watchful. See how all that works. It's kind of like 1 Corinthians 16, 13 said. Be on your guard. You know, be, look at, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men, be women of courage. Be strong. And while you're at it, do everything in love. So there's a lot there that God says through Corinthians is be on your guard. You know, just watch what's going on around you. Stand firm in your faith because there's a lot going on around you. Be of courage. Be strong. And as you're out there being watchful and being strong in your faith and, and standing firm in your faith, do everything in love. And then First Peter, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Got to always be self-controlled. Do you find self-control easy for you? You know, you're able to control your emotions, your feelings, your desires, what you want, what, you know, does that, that come in pretty good with you, you know, self-control? Uh, okay. Or do you find yourself losing control sometimes? You say, well, why did I say that? Why did I tell them that? Why did I go there? Why did I do that? And looking back, say, I didn't have self-control. I, I just didn't. So God commands us to have self-control and to be alert. Why? Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Kind of like the cat story I told you a few weeks ago that grabbed my arm and held on and swelled up and had to go to the doctor and all that sort of thing. That devil is just like a roaring lion, like the, like when we think about a cat looking for someone to devour, looking for someone to take down. And that's what he's all about. That's what Satan wants to do. And he will if we're not self-controlled. And he will if we're not alert. Why? Because he's our enemy. Satan doesn't like us. Say, <laughs> so, well, duh, of course everybody knows that. Do we? Satan doesn't like us. In fact, he hates us. In fact, he's our enemy. <clears throat> and he fights against us. And so that's why we've got to always be spiritually alert. Not become spiritually drowsy because if we're spiritually drowsy and our enemy's out there. He's active. He's alert. He's aware. And he says, aha, you're getting drowsy, aren't you, spiritually? Aha, uh-huh, you, you, you're tending to go to sleep spiritually. You're not noticing what I'm doing out here. I got you now. And he's able to approach us and attack us and grab hold of us and defeat us every time. So when we pray, we pray with mental alertness. God, what are you doing? God, what is your will? I'm just asking you some questions, God, and I'm going to wait for an answer. And I'm just going to see what your will is, what you want for my life, what you want me to do. And I want to be obedient to you, and I just want to be alert to what you're doing in my life and around me so that I'll know what to do. We pray with moral readiness. God, whatever it is your will is, whatever it is you're directing me to do, whatever it is you're showing me to do today as I get through this day, I just want to be morally ready to stand firm in my faith, to do your will, be obedient to you, no matter what I encounter. We pray to be in tune with the times. God, as I'm going through my day, I see this happening because I'm aware of what you're doing. And I see this kind of stuff going on over here and this stuff going on over here and, you know, all that. Next week, we're going to have the uh, BCM director, Baptist Collegiate Ministries director from Louisiana Tech. And do you know that Louisiana Tech is a mission field all by itself? Is it over 12,000 this year students or not sure? Okay. 
Uh, it's around 12,000 students, 12,000 students on the Tech campus this fall, somewhere around that. They're from all over the world. It's got a mission field right there, trying to reach students anywhere from 18 to 24 years old for Christ. 12,000 sitting right there around him. And so one thing they do, they have a lunch on every Thursday. And they invite students to come, we'll feed you. And they'll have 300 to 50, 350 to 400 students every Thursday sit down in a meal that's sometimes partially provided by us here at our church. Because all the churches in our association each week are part of this. And some, you know, it's maybe two or three or four churches at a time getting a meal together, bringing it over there, serving it. Students come in, eat. And while they're there, they have the praise team that has music. Somebody will speak and preach. And they hear the gospel and in and out of there in an hour and, and on their way. But they're reaching the campus for Christ. And that's not the only thing. It's just one thing. And he'll share more next year, next week, because we begin the state missions offering that goes to them at Louisiana Tech, BCM. And so we, we look to see what he has to say. But being in tune with the times, what's going on Tech campus? You know, that's what he's got to be aware of. And so as he prays and looks for God to show him what to do, then they get out there and they do it. But same thing with us, whatever it is we're doing, we've got to be in tune so we can be mentally alert, morally ready. But we also pray to become aware of the circumstances in life that affect the spread of the gospel. What's going on around us at work, at home, at school, our neighborhood, our community, our state, our nation, that's hindering the spread of the gospel? Oh, I see. Oh, I know. Oh, I got that. Oh, I read about it. I get it now, God. And now what do you want me to do? God, what's my place in this? Where, where do I go from here? So, we're almost done, aren't we? Because it's a short verse. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful, and then finally, being thankful. If we're thankful, we're simply doing this, expressing gratitude for benefits and blessings. Sounds like Thanksgiving in November, doesn't it? We celebrate Thanksgiving, and the, the basic understanding of what we're doing Thanksgiving is expressing gratitude for the benefits and blessings of our country and the pilgrims and all that, you know. But this is to be something every time we have prayer. God, I'm just thanking you for this. I'm thanking you for that. I'm thanking you for even hearing me. I'm thanking you for conversation. We're simply being watchful in thankfulness. God, I'm thankful that I'm staying mentally alert. I'm thankful that I'm staying spiritually alert. I'm not getting spiritually drowsy. Lord, because you're showing me, you're revealing to me, I'm not dozing off, I'm not about to fall asleep here, I'm doing what you want me to do, being very alert, and I'm thankful for that, God, because you're doing a work in my heart, you're doing a work in my life, and I just praise you for that, and I'm thankful for it. So, here we go. As we pray, we're not discouraged because we're watchful and thankful. Sometimes we get discouraged in praying, don't we? Because we pray about somebody for years sometimes, don't we? God, I just ask you to do a work in their heart. I just ask you to do a work in their life. I ask you to do a work in their marriage or whatever it may be. And we see nothing happen. So we pray again the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And somewhere along the way, it's never going to change, is it? This isn't working, is it? And we get discouraged in praying. But to keep us from getting discouraged, we're always watchful. God, what are you doing? God, what's up? God, what do you want me to do? God, what's your will? Let me have this conversation. Let me talk to you, but you talk to me, and let's see what's going on here. And so we're always watchful. 
But we're always thankful. God, thank you for hearing me. Thank you for revealing your will to me. Thank you for showing me what's going on around me that you want me to do. So as we pray, we're not discouraged. Also, as we pray, we see obstacles, but we recognize God's able to work. Sometimes we see obstacles in the way of spreading of the gospel. Sometimes we see obstacles in our way of doing what God wants us to do. And we say, Lord, I don't know. Maybe that's just a barrier there that you don't want me to cross. Maybe you're trying to show me something else. Or maybe it's just an obstacle that you want me to get over, but it's going to take you showing me your will, how to get over it. And so you want me to do this work. So I know what you can do. I know what you're able to do. And I know you can do more than I can even ask or imagine. So, Lord, I just ask you to work through this, whatever this is, and get me around or over or through the obstacle that's in the way of the gospel being spread. But finally, as we pray, we stay alert and we don't become spiritually drowsy. We just say, Lord, I'm praying as we meet every day. Whatever times we meet, however often we meet, I'm going to have a conversation with you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to wait for you to reveal yourself to me and show me your will. And as we do that, I'm going to be spiritually alert. I'm just going to be alert to what you want. I'm not going to get drowsy in praying. I'm not going to get drowsy in my walk with you. I'm not going to get drowsy in my faith and start dozing off. And and you ask me something, and and, what, what God? (laughs) I'm sorry, I was drowsy. I, I wasn't listening. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. So what we're going to do this next week is just be alert, aren't we? God, what do you want? God, what are you showing me? God, what is your will? I know what I want to do, but what do you want me to do? And the only way we're going to do that is have a conversation with him every single day, multiple times a day, always being ready to pray, always being staying alert all the time, and not become drowsy and hearing from him and then doing what he wants us to do. So this morning, if we're alert this morning to his will and his ways, What's God saying to us this morning, right now? What's he revealing to us in his will? As he speaks to our heart, our mind, our very soul, what is he showing us right now today that we need to do? To be spiritually alert and just spiritually aware of what he's doing already that we can just say, Lord, you want me to do that? Do this? Okay, go here, go here. You know, what is it, God? You show me your will this morning. I'm available and I'm alert. I want to hear from you.